If you're always doing the giving and always, you know, if you think that, you're probably doing 50%. (laughs) But then it comes out 50-50. This is Camus. And this is Kylie. Welcome to God is Real, God is Good, a podcast where we collect stories about God working in people's lives through big, miraculous ways all the way down to small, everyday things. Hi, this is Camus, and this week's episode of God is Real, God is Good a little bit special. As you all know, Valentine's Day just happened. And so in light of that, we wanted to talk about marriage. And not only that, but godly marriage. So I asked Bob and Doris Bevins. Um, I know them from Clarkston Church, what I went to when I was really, really young. And Doris taught our Sabbath school class. And so I've seen them have a really godly marriage like throughout my life and just like knowing them and like their marriage has lasted like a long time from my perspective <laughs> so Kylie and I were like yeah this was the first person couple that popped into our head so we were like let's interview them so that was interesting because we hadn't talked in a long time but we're all caught up now so thank you guys for coming you're welcome um we like to pray before we get started and we've okay. already prayed but let's just pray again okay dear father in heaven thank you for this day and just be with this episode. Help us to learn about godly marriage and what that looks like and to just walk away with lessons from this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So this is going to be a little more structured than normal, but that's okay because it's still going to turn out good. Mm. So my first question for you all is what were you looking for or praying about before you even got in a relationship? Well, I was especially trying hard to do a career. So I wasn't really searching at the time that he found me. (laughs) (laughs) But I had had um, some good advice given to me that um, during my college years that I shouldn't get caught up and get married um, and then not finish my career. So I had planned to specifically not get too serious until maybe my junior year in college. And so I did a lot of dating around, but not in a serious way. But always, every date you take, you're looking. And I wanted to find a spiritual person that was patient Mm -hmm. because I grew up in a very impatient uh, home. And I wanted someone who would be patient and Bob is very, very patient. <laughs> so, well, I grew up in Southern California. Okay. And but I somehow, growing up, our family was really quite conservative spiritually, mm-hmm. and it seemed like I didn't see anyone that you know impressed me of being of the quality that I was looking for in a marriage. Mm. And so I didn't do very much dating. I did a lot of observing. Mm. I, I did have one girlfriend in, in college, but um, that, that never materialized. But I saw my brother get into one and then two and, you know, more than one marriage. He ended up with five. And so I learned a lot by observing. Mm. And uh, it was interesting that I ended up not being able to play music. I took uh, piano lessons, Mm -hmm. but I loved music. The culture of Lossier College and the quality of music that, that they have 
really impressed me. And so I was looking for someone that had, you know, musical abilities mm -hmm. as well as uh, spiritual qualities. Okay, that's awesome. We all should know Doris does play piano, so <laughs> I'm sure that is an effect. So you guys both went to the same college then? Yes, we went to Loma Linda University. Oh, okay. uh, not at the same time. He was already through when I was there. But uh, that's where he found me. I was playing an organ solo at a talent program. And he was up in the balcony. And he saw me and decided to get acquainted with me. So he found that I was in line for the cafeteria. So he found that he was right behind me and he could start talking talked to him. He was a nice guy. Um, and so then the next week my phone rang and he was asking for a date. And uh, I'm one that uh, really has a habit of jumping to conclusions. Oh, okay. And so I noted that he was good looking. And I also noted in my own mind that there were 50 desperate nurses there to get a doctor and uh, or whatever. And and if he hadn't been gotten by those 50 nurses, there must be something wrong with him. So I decided <laughs> I would play it coy and, and just wait, you know. And I said, no, I made an excuse. Then he asked me again later for a different time, and I made an excuse a third time. Yeah, you, you know, <clears throat> when she refused a third time, whoa. You know, <laughs> it, it was <clears throat> for a shy person like me to ask three times mm -hmm. and get uh, – you know, turned down three times. Oh. That was a little bit hurtful. <laughs> yeah, that feels sad. But I, I thought, well, we'll see what happens. But I was, I'm jumping to conclusions, so I'm assuming that uh, the worst. And then I was playing the organ for chapel, and he was up front offering prayer, or maybe it was church. I don't remember. But anyway, he was chapel. up, he was up front offering prayer, and I thought, whoa, the kind of guy I thought he was wouldn't be up there offering prayer. Mm. Um, and so then later he was in a Sabbath school class that was in-depth study, and I thought, oh, man, I'm really wrong about this guy. Now he'll probably never ask me again. And so then there was a picnic or kind of an outing that we were on that another friend in my class had asked me to be with him on that, and I said, sure, I not, nothing special, but, yeah, I would. And then Bob was on that outing. And he came up to me and he said, do you have someone to be with? And I'm going, oh, no. <laughs> and I didn't know what to do because I knew if, if I said no a fourth time, he'd never talk to me again. And by then I was really interested. I could oh. see that he was very spiritual. So I said, well, you know, I have someone to be with right now, but don't give up on me. <laughs> and those were good words to hear. <laughs> so I didn't give up on her. No, that's good. And, and so a few days later, uh, I did have a chance to, you know, speak with her for for uh, some time about what classes she was taking, you know, her philosophy of life and mm -hmm. and uh, different things. And I went back to my room, talked to my roommate, and said, "I'm going to marry that girl someday." Oh, <laughs> you just knew. <laughs> but boy, I, you know. It, I wasn't ready to settle down yet. I didn't know, but he knew. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, but so but I was very open to the, the idea that he was the kind of guy that mm. I definitely wanted. But I also knew I needed to finish my PT. Oh, okay. So uh, we we started dating and and October, then something like that. Anyway, and then about a month later, he asked me to marry him, 
And I told him that what I saw about him I really, really liked. Mm-hmm. And, but we didn't really know each other well enough. And then if he felt the same way and I felt the same way a year from now, that would be okay. I says, because besides, I'm a junior and I need to get through my PT. Yeah. And so a year later, he asked me again, and I <laughs> said yes. And that summer before he asked me again, I'd made all my bridesmaids' dresses, <laughs> and I had my dress. Because <laughs> you don't have time at school. Mm. And so... That's you talk about jumping to, jumping to conclusions, and I did. I jumped to a conclusion that he would ask me again. <laughs> Actually, when she told me that, I said, "God, I'm glad. I hoped you'd do that." <laughs> so, so, yeah, a lot of times it's good to check with your parents about you know they can see things in your relationship that you can't in the mm-hmm. in the moment. I had taken a class in marriage and the family when I was in college. Okay. And here, when I met Doris, I was <clears throat> finished with four years, of co- five years of college and two years of physical therapy. Oh, wow. And so, you know, <clears throat> I was, you might say, a late bloomer. Mm-hmm. But um, I kept my eyes open, and uh, the marriage and family uh, class did help me a lot. To set my goals high, to to look for quality, look for someone who <clears throat> you can respect. Mm. And, you know, I think respect is one of the greatest things. And, you know, her high ideals, her beauty, her uh, um, musical abilities, you know, the whole package was so <laughs> impressive to me. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember when I came back uh, to Loma Linda after being gone the summer, uh, you were getting tired, tired, take your shoes off, getting ready to go to bed before my my uh, plane came in. And uh, your mom said, oh, I got a phone, phone call. Doris is, Doris is here, or something like that. And all of a sudden, you weren't tired anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, she was in Loma Linda. I was in La Sierra. That's about 20 miles apart. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden, I had all kinds of energy. <laughs> <laughs> So you you mentioned Bob's family. So like, what role did your guys' families like play in your relationship? Like, were they prevalent? Like you were mentioning Bob, like how like it's good to get feedback. So did they give you guys feedback? This is a very important question, and uh, family, how how you relate to their family is very important. Mm. I did a lot of observing. And he was very close with his mother, and his mother was very spiritual. Yeah. And I I fit into that quite well, and so yeah. I knew that that was a good. And, and he came out to see my family, too. And um, I'll just have to let you tell him what you thought of my family. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Had to think about that one. <laughs> no, they, they were very gracious, and uh, just I could see that... There was challenges, you know, at times um, in the way they treated each of their children. Mm-hmm. And um, God, you know, you can you can uh, observe what goes on in different families and and uh, appreciate them for the good qualities and yeah. you know pray mm-hmm. for for difficulties that that are there. Uh, they were very supportive of our of our relationship, okay. and so that was good. Yeah. And uh, my mother was uh, very supportive of our, our relationship, although in a different way because she was single and I 
my leaving home would leave a big gap in her her life. Mm. And so I think she was hoping I'd stay around and, well, I'm, I'm leaving home, Mom. <laughs> and so that was a little challenge for her. Because your dad died. Yeah. Yeah, my dad died mm. when I was four. Oh. And she invested all she had in her boys. Mm. And um, I, I just praise my mother for the way she the quality of she always looked for quality in whatever she did. She never remarried because she didn't find anyone comparable to my dad. Mm. And so, you know, I learned a lot from her. And, you know, when she got to, acquainted with Dora, she really appreciated, you know, her qualities. Mm. And I would say the best thing that I learned from my mom is that she did get married after one year in college and never finished. Mm. And that's why she was so. Um, adamant about me not uh, getting married until I was finished, and I, I know she was really happy that I married him. Mm-hmm. So it was it was a very positive that way. Yeah, learning from like sometimes how like your parents maybe like didn't do the best, like you mm-hmm. know, and waiting and like not being impatient. Like I want in a relationship now. It's like <laughs> no, like look for the partner you actually want. He, he Bob is so patient, and that is that was just so important to me Mm -hmm. and the other was so spiritual and that was very important to me so I figured that um, if I got a person that was godly they would um, be patient and and he was very very patient not that not that hundreds of people out there aren't patient, but I just grew up with a dad that was very impatient. <laughs> just as a side note, um, Doris and I have been married come this uh, April for 30, no, 55 years. 55 years. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's... So it's a, it's a marriage that has lasted mm-hmm. very well. Mm-hmm. And we're more in love now than when we started. So love is a growing relationship. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> choosing someone that you really respect and that uh, you can see that they respect you mm-hmm. all the way, I think that is uh, one huge mm-hmm. thing that's helped us yeah. both a lot. The respect is the thing that uh, nobody told me about. But I experienced it with mm. different relationships that I would have, different uh, boyfriends or, or dates. or Some you could respect and some you couldn't put your finger on it, but you just couldn't respect them. Mm. They were kind. They were this. They were that. But there's just something about a respect inside that, that you, can't, you can't make that happen. It either is there or it's not there. Mm-hmm. And until I met Bob, I didn't have that feeling Mm-hmm. of respect total respect so I, yeah some people are like that some people um kelly and i have this one friend and he doesn't seem to really respect women right now and we're really feeling it because we're both girls and mm-hmm. i'm like i keep coming back i'm like don't feel respected and don't feel respected and like mm-hmm. he's our friend and we're going to see be friends with him but like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i can really see that and i'm learning to really appreciate all my other friends that do respect me because mm-hmm. this one that is not showing us respect right now the other thing i learned is that I can trust God and I don't have to be impatient in this area. Mm. I saw when I got to to Loma Linda, all the girls that um, were all out there looking for a guy, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But I I just didn't fit into that group. I just (laughs) didn't somehow. That wasn't my goal. It would be nice to find something like that, but 
but I I didn't have time to work on that. <laughs> I just didn't. The studies were hard. And so mm-hmm. I that's why I say he found me because I I really wasn't looking. I was just I was I was just out there to to study, get a career, um, hopefully expand my relationship with the Lord, and and God just brought it to be. He practically had to hit me over my head to show me. <laughs> Interestingly enough, both Doris and I are physical therapists. Yeah. And so we we met. I I was already finished and working at Loma Linda Hospital while I was doing some graduate work, okay. and that's when we met. But you know. Not everyone has that ability to have that close of, uh, you know, relationship. At one point, when both of us worked for St. Joseph Hospital, I was her boss. Oh. And I was director of the department. And, you know, it, for five years, that worked out. Mm-hmm. Um, not a problem. She made it clear that at home, she was in charge. She's got to keep the balance. So that was fair. <laughs> And then we also have a daughter who ended up um, going to Loma Linda for physical therapy, and a granddaughter that's interested in that. So oh, <laughs> she's headed that way for physical therapy. It's a good career, by the way. <laughs> so that's cool. So we were talking about your dating. So how did your guys's dating look different than like worldly dating? Well, it was very, um, very much different than worldly dating. Instead of going to places like, you know, a high movie stuff or, or things that, um, kind of that you want to go to like that, we were just more interested in just going for walks and going out in nature and just getting to know each other. And we went to someplace near the Grand Canyon called Havasu Canyon. Um, we hiked down into Havasu. And the big lake, beautiful lake, and just the beauties of stuff out there was just those are the kinds of things that we wanted to do. I just, I don't know. That's just the, the other didn't particularly wasn't that it was wrong. Just we just didn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we didn't have money. <laughs> and we went to you know um, spiritual programs here and there. Mm. I, I remember one special date. We went to the date festival. It's like a county fair uh, over in Indio. Wasn't it? Mm-hmm. I think that 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 stands out as a uh, you know interesting time. And and we always just had an unspoken word between us that um, the physical affection and so forth was for later. Mm-hmm. We just had that unspoken feeling and rule that um, we we weren't going to let that get carried away. And yet hormones run, and we knew that when he was coming to my house. He was going to be spending the nights and so forth, and that could be a temptation. So we actually went to our pastor before uh, he came and, and asked him for tips just so that we would not um, do something we'd be sorry about later. And so he told us different things, and we did those things, and, and, and everything worked out fine. Okay. So you guys were dating long distance there for a while? Well, we were dating long distance for the summer okay. because I was at Loma Linda during the school year, but home at the summertime working. Yeah. And so we wrote just about every other day. Oh. Yeah. And so we still have kept those letters. Oh. <laughs> I'm thinking recently we should get those out and, and <laughs> review them because I think that'd be fun. Yeah, that would be fun. Yeah. 
That's cool. <laughs> and so what was some of the advice that like the pastor gave you? The pastor said, when you're together, always have something that you're doing. Don't have a lot of time that you're just alone uh, together. Don't be alone, he said. Make sure that you're in the company of somebody. Mm. Um, and uh, and then he said, start each day together with prayer. And uh, if you're in a situation where you're feeling particularly vulnerable, pray. Just just you can say a little prayer in your head. You don't have to even pray it out loud. And um, and then talk about things that of interest to both of you. And usually when you're talking about things of interest, your mind is then occupied and you're not so much in danger of doing things you shouldn't do. Mm. Elder John Lohr, um, Sr., he uh, married us. He was a uh, pastor of the Ar- Arlington Seventh-day Adventist Church. And uh, over the years since then, um, as long as he lived, we were, you know, whenever we had a, a difficult situation that we needed some spiritual counsel on, we would call him up and, and get his advice. Before marriage, when we were dating, something came up which I didn't quite understand in our relationship. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'd never gone to counseling for to anyone but there was um I was taking graduate work. And there was an older lady uh, who was uh, in my class. She was a, a missionary's wife. Okay. And, you know, when this was so confusing to me, I went to her. And she gave me excellent advice. If you love this girl, <laughs> which I did, <laughs> don't let this bother you, you know. And, you know, years later... I could see where I really didn't understand what was going on. And it was excellent advice. <laughs> kind of like, just don't sweat the small stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and what was interesting is uh, sometimes you think there's something you can't do. I had to actually block it out of my mind. Oh, wow. But I couldn't. With God helped me do that. <laughs> you know, because I knew if I kept thinking about it mm. because I didn't understand really what was going on, I would, I would come to the wrong conclusion. Mm. I, I asked God to help me do that, and he did. Oh, that's awesome. And I think the big thing, the reason he's mentioning this, is the importance of counselors mm. or friends or someone that you can talk to if you have a question in your relationship and you you don't understand and so you you want somebody else's outside opinion and and in this case um it, it was a good good advice absolutely that's good so just having like good counselors to help you along the mm-hmm. way cuz mm-hmm. every relationship isn't perfect yeah. you know it, you have bumps along the way and sometimes the bumps you don't know is this a big enough bump to you know turn my thoughts a different direction or not and mm-hmm. and um so he he went to this gal for, for advice, and she just gave him some really good advice. And, and yeah. It, it was simple, but it was just what I needed. <laughs> Sometimes the simple stuff is the best stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So my next question is, how have you guys kept your relationship godly? Like, you've obviously talked about dating, but, like, as mm-hmm. you, like, transitioned into, like, marriage. like I think the huge thing for us was trust in each other. We absolutely trusted. I mean, he could be clear across the country, and I would just never 
you know, worry about him. I, I, I would trust him implicitly. And he had that. And there it goes with, with respect. Respect yields trust. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have trust in a relationship, it can be devastating. You, you need to have trust in each other. Trust is built. And uh, it, it, it's sort of one of those things you gamble with, I guess, when you first get married because you, you don't have the, the years of experience behind you that we have now. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it's probably getting married is one of the biggest gambles a person ever makes. <laughs> but it's the best thing if you choose the right person. Mm. And it is probably the most important. And so for us, um, we prayed like you wouldn't believe before we got married. I mean, if we pray, prayed before, we prayed twice as much to make sure this was right. Mm-hmm. And then after we got married, we still prayed. And and having family worship together, or praying together, um, it just keeps that, that feeling of uh, commitment to the Lord first, always first. And and he was first in our, our lives, first in our finances, first in our relationship, first everything. And then knowing the importance that each one of us had with the other one um, was just very, very important. And when stuff came up and stuff comes up, believe me, you 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 have that basis to look back on. And we also had the feeling never, never let the sun set without you making things right, you know, mm. don't go to bed with stuff still harboring in your heart if you misunderstood or whatever. And so we've done that. And we even did that with our children. And I remember one time coming in to tell my daughter I was sorry about something. And, and she said, oh, mama, I knew you'd come in. Oh, she man. says, I've already forgiven you. But I just, <laughs> <laughs> so I thought, you know, what if I hadn't come in? Mm. What if I hadn't said I'm sorry? And we do make mistakes. Mm-hmm. You know, this is, this is, uh, we all do, and it's not so much that you're human and you make mistakes. It's how you handle it after afterwards. Do you do you make it right? Do you say I'm sorry? Do you mean it? Mm-hmm. And we did. And um, yeah, none of these long drawn out. I'm just not going to talk to her. I'm not going <laughs> to talk to him. I'm going to make them pay for this. None mm-hmm. of that. <laughs> that doesn't work. <laughs> Doing things together is is really a good thing. You know, uh, fun thing. And, you know, of course, we had a chance uh, for a while there to actually work, you know, together in the same facility. Mm-hmm. Um, but going off for walks together, going for vacations together. Uh, of course, what's interesting that Doris's folks many times didn't take their children with them on vacations. Oh, really? I couldn't understand that. And so... Um, I think there was one time when she was put in a Catholic orphanage mm-hmm. just for a few days while her folks went on vacation. Oh, that's several times. So, <laughs> <laughs> that's and you know because they both worked, mm-hmm. they um didn't know what to do with the kids during the summer, so they shipped them out to other families, relatives or or friends, you know, for the summer. Oh. And we we always made it a point to take our kids on vacation and do things well, with them. You just learn what was important to you, and mm-hmm. then you incorporate that into your family. And that together time is very important, and it's, it solidifies the entire family. Mm. So we, we worked out that way. And interestingly enough, um, just the last couple years, we've started 
praying together, um, you know, mm-hmm. like we do the first thing in the morning and the last thing at night, uh, holding hands. And it's made our prayer life actually enriched. Mm. Yeah, you get to our age and you can't remember the next thing you're going to say, so you <laughs> squeeze his hand and it's his turn. And then he says something and then he gets uh, to where he needs and he squeezed my hand. By then I remembered what I was going to say. <laughs> It helps you get that time to like, oh, man, I messed up. What was I going to say? So, yeah. So, yeah, keeping our relationship godly all through the years has has never been something that we thought about doing. It mm. just, it just, you if you, if you keep God first, it's just like he helps keep your family. That makes sense. Like mm-hmm. God was just so important to you guys as individuals. It's just a given that he's going to be part of your relationship and Mm -hmm. he's going to be part of your family. We've each seen each other go through some really stressful times, not of our own doings, Mm -hmm. and been able to be terrific support for the other person going through this. And I think I watched him go through something very stressful before we were married, and I saw how he handled it, and I was very impressed. Mm -hmm. So I knew that if troublous times came later, he was going to come through okay, and he did. (laughs) (laughs) that's good good. so we've guys talked about this a little bit but i think this is super important how have you guys dealt with like hard times in your relationships um the hard times that have we we've just agreed sometimes to agree to disagree or not talk about it right then wait till the situation kind of cleared itself out so that we could both come with a different attitude um, sometimes if the attitudes were, uh, pretty, pretty explosive, well, one or the other would go for a walk oh. <laughs> <laughs> just to get away from the situation and calm down and, and pray about it individually. Um, sometimes if you try to handle something at the heat of the moment, it just makes it worse and then it gets worse and worse. And so you learn by experience, experience that sometimes a cooling off period is a pretty good thing. <laughs> And there are times when, you know, something happens and I'm not sure what's going on, you know, and I'll kind of clam up and, and become extra quiet and, mm-hmm. and uh, not necessarily available. And that's a little troubling for Doris. And so she <laughs> she wants to figure out what's going on and, and how can I help and let's talk about it. And, and so uh, I've appreciated that because... If she didn't do that, it probably would last longer. And so it it's uh, a chance for us to uh, pray about it, talk it through. And excellent. Um, learning how to forgive is so helpful. And the, probably even the most important thing is how to forgive yourself. Mm. You know, and because... Can you really forgive another person if you don't even understand how to forgive yourself? Yeah, you can't do that. Yeah, yeah. and and so uh, looking, you know, constantly looking at things from a spiritual point of view. What would God want me to do? You know, maybe I'm not acting right this time, um, but you know, asking Him to help me do better the next time. And, you know, constantly um, keeping in tune with God. We're we're all human. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, appreciating the good qualities in each other and emphasizing that. When we first got married, 
uh, Doris was a really good st- storyteller, uh, but sometimes she amplified the the true facts just a little bit, you know, because that fitted into her storyline well. <laughs> and so I, I would try to correct her on that. And then I realized, you know, are you trying to make yourself look better than her? Mm. And I had to do some self-analyzing and realize, you know, the person that I really love and treasure, am I actually um, hurting her a little bit as I do this? And I realized that's not right. Mm-hmm. And God has helped me in that area. Yes. And and I think that when um, you see that you could correct, 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 um, and and then you think to yourself, how would I feel like if, he, if everything I did, I felt like someone was scrutinizing every single thing I did, mm-hmm. and, and putting yourself in their place, seeing how you would feel if they were scrutinizing you all the time. It makes us be a little more tolerant because you have to, marriage has to have a lot of tolerance. Mm. We're not perfect people. You just have to learn what you're going to do with those kinds of things. And I think that's where some marriages go wrong is they either give up on the other person because they're not who they thought they were or they try to change them. And either way works. It just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. You have to learn to change how you feel about whatever they're doing that it that they obviously aren't going to be able to change. And so can you live with it? Yes, you can. So, yeah, I think. Go into marriage with the plan of changing yourself, not the partner. (laughs) The biggest biggest thing I could say is that be the kind of person you want your spouse to be. Mm -hmm. And think of marriage as 100% you and, and zero them. If you're always doing the giving, always, you know, if you think that, you're probably doing 50%. But it, then it comes out 50-50. But if each person thinks of it as I have to give 100%, then it works better. <laughs> it does. And I think that's that's how it's supposed to be. You're supposed to not be selfish because that's our natural tendency. So you're supposed to be completely solely focused on that person. And then they should be solely focused on you. So that way it balances itself out. And they're so valuable. Everybody is so valuable. It doesn't matter if they make a mistake or two. They're so valuable in everything that they have. They're mm-hmm. so valuable. So, yeah. You have to decide that you're going to love them. You're just, sometimes you're just not going to agree with them. I think I just have one last question for you. What advice would you give to young people or young couples that you know want to start a relationship, like singles or couples? Like, What advice would you give them? I would say um, get to know them. Um, make sure that um, you're not overlooking um, the relationship with God and ask God especially to guide you. And, um, and then listen. Listen to the things that they're telling you about themselves and, and just keep your eyes open. Sometimes your heart goes ahead of your brain. Don't let that happen. <laughs> Just keep listening to what they're saying and uh, and don't um, overlook something that's important. I actually made a list of things that I wanted mm. in a marriage, and um, I, I didn't I didn't take it out and look at it all the time. But once in a while, I w- I would look at it. But then in in a list, uh, it, it's interesting. Well, I want oh you, you you can you can put anything you want on a list and nobody <laughs> nobody's going to criticize you. That's your own thing. Yeah. But you take a look at that and then you think, 
Now, what's really important on that list? Mm. Well, yeah, everybody wants someone's good looking, but is that really important? No. 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 And so you scratch that one and then you look at it. Is this really important? And you get down to where a few things are really important. And for me, was was a, being a Christian. Mm. Absolutely. And being patient. Mm. I mean, there were, there were just some things that were really, really important to me. Mm. And it's easy to, if you've lived in a dysfunctional home, it's easy to meet someone who has those same dysfunctions and say to yourself, well, that's normal. Yeah. You know, because I lived like that. I know. And then I thought, and I had one like that. And I thought, no, no, I don't want to live like that the rest of my life. No. Mm-hmm. I know how that is already. Yeah. But it was comfortable enough that a lot of people just say, oh, well, mm-hmm. I'm used to that. I can do that. No, but if it's if it's against your God-given instincts, you should listen to the the little voice that tells you no <laughs> this isn't a good thing yeah but but you you need to change uh you need to not be critical of everything they do my goodness everybody makes mistakes and yeah. you have to know which ones are serious and which ones are not mm. discernment mhm cuz there's nobody perfect yeah god will guide you if you allow him and being you know just trusting him in your relationships, um, you know, it took me years and years, and I wasn't ready earlier. It was interesting. I went back to my first uh, high school um, reunion, and ten years after, and all the other people were married, and I wasn't, and I had no prospects at that time. Oh. And, and yeah, the the men had, had you know two or three children that they were managing, and they had pot bellies. And oh. I, I, you know, I, I, I didn't relate to that group. <laughs> I was a late bloomer, <laughs> but I I always had my mother gave me a really strong love for God and for the truth, and for um, you know doing right and. Um, that really had a huge impact on me. So I trusted God for this relationship. You know, the marriage and the family class did help. It gave me, you know, some good pointers like, you know, the man leading the class said that he come to retirement and he realized he'd moved a lot and he had rented, never had uh, put any money into a house. So he had no house when he retired. Oh, wow. You know, whereas... You know, so looking at your finances, do you agree on on that? Mm. You know, and and you know, I've been fortunate that both of our philosophies of managing money or raising children was very very similar. God guided us, and where we didn't, we we would talk about it or study it out, and and that that was very helpful. But you know, trusting God, and if He gives you red flags, address it. Don't don't hide it, and uh, God will guide guide you. You mm-hmm. trust Him. Mm-hmm. I like that because like you're gonna oh, and anyone you look at, there's gonna be problems, and you're gonna see something yeah. like I don't really like this, but like mm-hmm. taking the time to like talk with them and like maybe like study it out and see like you know is this an impasse and we need to part ways, or is this something that we can just use to grow our relationship and learn to talk mm-hmm. so that we can have harder talks mm-hmm. down the way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Thank you all for sharing. Do you have any parting thoughts or stories that you would like to share? Just 
I'd like to make one parting thought. If I had it to do all over again, I would do it the same way. Mm. Amen. Life with the right person, with God as the, the center of that home, is extremely precious, very satisfying. And I would recommend it to, <laughs> to anyone, you know, mm-hmm. but God has to be in the center of it. Mm. But it is really, really satisfying, life-fulfilling. Mm. Well, thank you for sharing. I really appreciate it, and especially at this time and age where relationships aren't so godly. And so thank you for sharing. And for all that listened, I hope you enjoy and tune in next week. Bye. If you've enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to follow, share, like, and review. Also, you can contact us at our Facebook page. That is God is Real, God is Good podcast. Or you can email us at God is Real, God is Good podcast at gmail.com. Bye.